Psycho Steve presents. Hey guys and girls and everything in between, this is your podcasting pal, Psycho Steve, here on Hair Today, Gone Tomorrow. Today we're very fortunate and blessed to have one of my favorite bass players of many, many bands, but we're going to talk about one specific bass player today. We are talking about Todd Ahmed Kearns. Welcome, Todd. How are you? I'm sitting on a rainbow. How are you, sir? Wow. Are we going to be on the same rainbow? There you go. Yes, sir. So thank you so much for taking the time and, you know, out of your very busy tour schedule uh, to sit down and talk to us about what's been going on with you. Uh, we're just going to just jump right into it. Uh, you are now on tour with Slash and Miles Kennedy and the Conspirator. So you are considered a conspirator. Uh, Correct. So how did this gig come about? Like, did you know Slash or did someone say, hey, you know, uh, I'm getting together jamming with Slash. How about you just join us? It was kind of like that, actually. The um, our drummer, right. uh, Brent Fitz, is from uh, he's an old friend of mine from Canada as well. We're right. both from Canada originally. Um, he ended up getting a gig with Slash, and I was, you know, I was like, "That's awesome, good for you." I didn't really think any more of it because they already had kind of a lineup in place. And then I guess the bass player wasn't working out, or I don't really know, remember what the ins and outs of that were, but um, I just got a call to come down and jam, and that was that, kind of. You know, I really kind of walked in, played a couple songs, and then suddenly my life was, uh, you know, all about that. Nice. Uh, was bass your first instrument? Um, well, I started on guitar, like like a lot of kids. Um, I got an acoustic guitar and learned a few chords. Okay. Um, I ended up practicing a bass somewhere along the way. Um, very early on as well, and it seemed like nobody else was playing bass. Like it always seemed like everybody wanted to be either the lead singer or drummer or guitar player. Um, I guess I was a little bit flashier or something. I don't know. Um, but I, you know, because I was uh, had possession of a bass guitar, didn't necessarily mean that I was able to play the damn thing. But I did. Um, I did uh, could get around on it. And um, I found that, that that sort of uh, really secured a lot of gigs for me. It was just being able to uh, be a bass player who could sing. Um, I ended up landing a lot of gigs. Um, but I was a kid. Like, I was literally like 14 years old or something like that, playing with guys who were much older than me. And that kind of, uh, you know, around that kind of thing sort of makes you, uh, um, makes you learn quicker because you're playing with so much more advanced musicians. And uh, that's sort of where that all came from. I just sort of started playing with older guys and uh, and then, uh, you know, kind of went from there. Nice. Now, you said you play bass. I know you know how to sing and play guitar. Is there any other instrument that you play? Um, yeah, I get around on harmonica, um, ukulele, mandolin, keyboards, drums. <laughs> I kind of always sort of like, uh, as a musician and a musical lover, I sort of like, always found it fun to, to, you know, play around on a lot of different instruments just because it was so much fun, but uh, um, I definitely sort of uh, land in the bass and guitar and singing kind of world, but uh, I get around a lot of other things. Cool. All right. As a yeah. player, do you use a pick or do you use your fingers or depending on the song? It is 
depending on the song kind of thing, but with Slash, I am predominantly a pick player. It's more of a uh, uh, aggressive punk rock kind of world that we live in. I mean, that's where Duff comes from as well. Right. I sort of grew up on Paul McCartney and Gene Simmons and stuff like that, and that's Peter Mall and, and guys like that. That's sort of my my uh, my jam. Um, but yeah, my brother, like, I moved over to guitar. Uh, when my brother started playing bass, we put a band together, and I moved over to rhythm guitar. He was the bass player, and he's a finger player, a very great finger player. But I never wasn't much of a finger player. I do play with fingers, and I did. I have done gigs where I'm strictly fingers, but naturally, I always play with a pick. I just like the way it sounds, the way it feels. Interesting. Okay. Now you said you're from Canada. Now you live in Los Angeles or Los Angeles County. I live in Vegas, actually. Oh, you live in Vegas. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. In there like 12 years now. Right on. Okay. A lot of people have moved out of LA. I noticed they either go to Vegas or they're going to Nashville. So, yeah, there's a lot of that. Uh, I noticed the same thing because a lot of my friends have you know, moved to Vegas since my living there. They left Los Angeles. Cool. You know, LA is amazing. It's just a little expensive. So, people kind of look to uh, stretch out a bit. Gotcha. So, this is a little off the wall question. Like I said, I was going to warn you. Uh, I'm a bit of a car enthusiast because I've worked in the car business. What kind of car do you drive? Oh, well, I am driving currently an Audi A5. Awesome. Okay. Yeah, I was like, I was originally a BMW guy for years. Um, not by any sort of, I just sort of happened to fall ass backwards into a very affordable BMW. And, uh, you know, I just sort of, yeah, you know what it's like. As soon as you get into a nicer car, you have a hard time going back. So, and I like the German cars. Uh, they're expensive when things go wrong. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but uh, when they're working, they're a fine machine. And the Audi was, this is my first Audi. I just got it last year. And uh, it's way more car than I need. I'm not, I'm not a, an adventurous driver. I, I do like to drive. Um, but I've already gotten a speeding ticket just from like, my, what seemed like a very casual drive was about 15 miles over the speed limit. So, that's what happens when you have a high-powered vehicle. <laughs> okay. So what's in the CD player in the A5? What's in the CD player? Yeah. Um, it's funny because a lot of the time I'm always listening to music that I'm working on, um, either stuff that I'm writing or songs that I'm learning for, like currently we're getting ready to do, well, especially with the Slash Tour, I was kind of constantly having our music on rotation for that. And then, um, and then uh, and now I've got this, uh, the Kids Cruise coming up in uh, in November, so I'm, I've always got that playing. But a lot of the time I'm listening to like the Underground Garage and Sirius FM, things like that. That's kind of more my jam, just like old garage rock and fun stuff like that. That's generally what I listen to. Cool. So many CDs anymore, sadly. Right. I'm still old school. I still have vinyl, eight track, cassette. Me too. I'm the same way. I I love all the different mediums, but you know, in, in the car, it's sort of like it became a lot more like, oh yeah, I guess I can listen to um, you know, like streaming this or streaming that. And, uh, but I still do have quite a few CDs. I, I tend to buy when something new comes out. Like um, I don't know, Paul McCartney's put out one. Lenny Kravitz. There's a lot of CDs kind of constantly coming out. I try to pick up the CDs at heart copy formers. I'm still kind of, I still like the idea of actual hard copy music. Uh, you know, Foo Fighters or Queens of Stone Age or whatever, whatever new stuff that's coming down the pipeline, I try to pick up. Right on. Um, 
turning it down. And, yeah, I, I buy it because I like reading the liner notes because you don't know until you actually read and be like, oh, look who played on this song or whatever. I like to. Well, exactly. And that's a, that's a bit of a lost art, unfortunately. And a lot of people don't really. I mean, I always think it's funny when people come to me and they go, I like track five. <laughs> they don't even know the name of the song. They just, they just know it by like the number it came up in there in their uh, you know, iPod or iPhone or whatever and I'm kind of like okay you know, back in the day we used to know the names of the songs and the song ranks and who played on it and who wrote it you know just sort of the nerdiness of what we were because we were just so in love with music that's just how we kind of rolled you know yes I totally agree I, people call me like the Wikipedia of like rock and metal they're like how do you remember that I'm like I don't know it's just a thing <laughs> into because you're interested in it that's yeah, why exactly. when you're interested in something you just sort of retain knowledge and I, I'm the same way people be like dude how do you know all that and you're kind of like well I, I'd be surprised how much stuff I don't know as far as you know other subjects but when it comes to music I for whatever reason have just uh, retained a lot of information yeah I retained that in baby weight thanks to my two children so <laughs> exactly there you go <laughs> so <laughs> now if you you spoke about a bunch of bands you said Gene Simmons Paul McCartney the Food Fighters if you had an opportunity to play with any musicians dead or alive who would it be with and why? That's a good question. Um, you know, I've been very fortunate to play with a lot of people I, I really love, a lot of people I, I grew up on, and, and uh, you know, Slash is one of them, and Duff is one of them, and, and a lot of people like that. Um, I would imagine someone like Paul McCartney would be a big deal to me. I think, you know, obviously he's a legend, and, and there'd be so much to learn from playing with something like that. Mm-hmm. Keith Richards. Um, you know, I'm a massive Kiss fan, so playing with the Kiss guys is always, you know, a major deal for me and uh, I played with Ace Frehley last year or this year I can't remember what exactly it was but um, it was a big deal you know you're, you're you know you kind of watch this sort of uh, you know you just think to yourself when I was 15 I would have just would have blown my mind being on stage I've been on stage with Alice Cooper with Lenny with uh, Rick Nielsen from King Trick you know these are like the guys that I that I love and grew up with and it's just you know it's it's absolutely crazy <laughs> but uh, yeah I think that the guys like McCartney and Keith Richards being sort of that last wave of the original um, British rock and roll I think that would be a really big deal for me gotcha now when you got the gig or you were coming down because Brent said hey why don't you come down um, to play with Slash and everything did you get starstruck or you played it cool or with any musician like as you said played with Ace Frehley you played with like Rick Nielsen um, I think I'm always like you know I, I'm very respectfully uh, you know uh, I don't think the word starstruck I just think it's like a, a massive amount of respect right. um, Slash you know, Slash, I, at that point I, you know, I've been playing in Vegas and we played uh, a lot of different um, uh, we had a lot of different friends coming out from all walks of life Sylvain Sylvain from the New York Dolls and George Lynch with Dawkins just all these guys that I grew up listening to as well just would come out and play with us and it was it was always a trip and Slash just became a, sort of an extension of that to some degree um, obviously you know, Slash is a, you know, is a, such a notable musician and, and a legend in so many other ways. But, um, you know, I went into it with this sort of attitude of like, you know, I, I feel qualified to be playing in this situation. I feel um, more than capable of being able to do a good job of this gig. And I think that that sort of, sort of centers me as far as, um, you know, makes me feel I'm not out of my element. Um, but you know, I certainly want uh, you know people like that to uh, to 
to uh, you know uh, to know that I respect them and I'm you know doing my utmost to, to be the best I possibly can be. You know, it's really getting up on stage. You know, a while back was was really a thrill. And um, same with Rick Nielsen. I was you know I still love and you know love uh, Rick. Lenny was always a big deal. Like Lenny became you know in the last later years of his life he had become something more than just a man. You know, his right. legend loomed large, and uh, you know we thought the world of him. But yet there couldn't have been a better, a more down to earth person that you could have met. Um, Alice Cooper. I mean, Alice, who's bigger than Alice Cooper as far as like that kind of legend? Sure. So yeah, they're they're all you know it's, it's the same thing. It's it's like you just kind of you know you have the utmost respect for these people, but you know you never really kind of get lost in the in 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 the in what that actually is, you know. Okay. So here's a really off the wall question: uh, Do you call him Slash or do you call him Saul? <laughs> Everybody calls him Slash. His father calls him Slash. You know. Oh, okay. I, I don't. I don't think there's a person alive that calls him Saul. Okay. I don't. I don't know. Uh, you know. But it's so it's so funny because I know so many guys with with those you know with names like that now, right. Duff included. You know that I don't think anybody really. No one calls Duff by his real name or his birth name. And, Right. It's just sort of, uh, you know, these kind of names become, uh, you know, it's who they are. Sting. Right. You know, no one calls Sting Gordon. Right. Or Vincent or anything like that for Alice Cooper or anything like that. And the key six isn't Frank Ferrano or something like that. You know? Right. Like this, my the are, only one. My grandmother is a hundred years old. She's the only one that calls Jean Chaim. So when I speak, oh really? Yeah, it's funny. She says like, "How's Chaim?" I'm like, "I don't know." I That's funny. Yeah. So she's like, "Okay." <laughs> yeah. yeah. So all right, awesome. Uh, so how did the term come up about with the Todd Kearns? Damn it come about? Um, well, Todd, Todd, damn it, rhymes with, uh, with a curse word. I'm not sure if we're on saying, you know. Absolutely. Uh, it just yeah. rhymes, it rhymes with God, damn it. So it's just kind of like a classic uh, punk rock kind of um, Johnny Rotten or a city. You just take your name and stick a, a last name on there. My friends just started calling me Todd, damn it. Awesome. So that's where that comes from. It's sort of like never meant to have been like such a thing. But I, when I moved to Vegas, um, it was really, really refreshing for me because I was starting from scratch in a sense that, um, you know, starting a brand new scene, you, no one knows who you are. They don't know what you've accomplished, good, bad, or otherwise. And um, so my friends just started calling me Todd Dammit because no one knew who Todd Curry was. And I thought that was kind of refreshing. <laughs> so that just sort of, that's where it really kind of caught on. And all the guys like Lady Paul from Pantera and Hell Yeah was one of the ones that really kind of, that really kind of got stuck with, with him and a bunch of other guys. And uh, eventually there was a t-shirt made that said Damn It, and now there's a company that we sell Damn It t-shirts and whatnot. So it's become larger than I expected that to be. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it, it is a funny thing, but... Uh, Nicknames, be it slash stuff or otherwise, become uh, Axel. They become uh, your name. Right on. Okay. I wasn't sure if like your mom said it and it just like stuck. You know, like <laughs> you know, because when your mom uses your full name, like my mom uses my name to the fullest. Yeah, exactly. Your middle name, you know, your food bar. So I wasn't sure if your mom did that. <laughs> that's how it evolved. Okay. Uh, so, do you have a favorite song to play out live? I beg your pardon? Do you have a favorite song uh, that you like to play out live? 
Um, well, currently, it's been a lot of fun playing all the new music with Slash and the guys. Um, I think, geez, I think um, we're about to play a new one tonight. That's going to be my new favorite. I always like doing something new. I always find it challenging to play something fresh, play something new. Right on. Um, not because I'm bored or anything else, but I just always like the challenge of being able to kind of, uh, for me, it's a lot of work. Not a lot of work, but uh, but it's a lot, there's a lot more involved because I sing all the harmonies and I sing all the backups and I kind of make sure I'm playing my parts correctly. So it makes, it makes me like, as comfortable as you start to get over the music, you start to kind of become, it becomes muscle memory and very sort of, uh, not easy, but it becomes very natural to play it. And then uh, having something new, it makes you kind of tighten up your game and focus and sharpen up. I like being able to do that once in a while. Awesome. All right. Are you a cat or dog person? Um, I've had both in my life. You know, oddly enough, I uh, uh, I haven't had a pet in a long time because I travel so much. Right. Um, but I do love both, and I, you know, uh, I don't know. That's a good question. I, I think I probably would lean more dog, but at the same time, with my lifestyle and traveling and being away so much, I, I just, you know, I would have to have a dog that was uh, either, you know, a tiny dog that I could travel with. <laughs> I basically would, you know, be neglecting a poor dog at home um, that I would never see. So I, you know, now I'm just sort of a. <laughs> right on. So, outside of music, what are your hobbies? Um, well, I really, you know, I uh, funny because hobby is such a funny word. I, I'm a, I'm a big movie buff. I love movies. I love comic books. I love sci-fi. I love all that kind of stuff. Is it's not necessarily a hobby, but it's largely what I do with my time. Is uh, um, you know, I'm always chasing down whatever form of pop culture comes my way. I write a lot. I'm, I, you know, eventually plan to write a book of some description. Um, but largely, I mean, when your when your life is is music, right? Which, you know, most people most people's you know thing to uh, let their hair down is music. You know, and, and their life is just some other kind of job. And it's sort of like my life is music, so I, my hair is already down. So the idea of having something to do on the side is kind of uh, oddly enough, I think that you know my my regular life and my fun life is all wrapped up in the same thing and that's pretty much music you know right so I don't know if it's the best way the healthiest thing to spend all your spare time playing music and listening to music but that's pretty much what I do cool uh, that it's like films and comic books and fun stuff like that but collecting records and you know and stuff like that which all seems to be somewhat tied into the same thing awesome so outside your bandmates Anything? Who are your uh, musician friends or celebrity friends? Like, when you're not on the road, like, do you get together and be like, hey, you know, let's go out for a beer or anything like that? Is there anybody that you hang out with that you would say? Oh, yeah. Well, most of my friends are just, you know, regular people you never would have heard of. Oh, okay. Um, a lot, you know, there's a lot of musicians in Vegas. A lot of my friends that I play with out there are, are some of my closest friends. And I've been very fortunate because, I, you know, I, I've called a lot of places home in my life. Right. And uh, I have close friends all over the planet that are, you know, uh, amongst my closest friends. Um, but oddly enough, the guys in the conspirators are, you know, especially Brandon and Frank, the two guys from Vegas, like me. Right. We are very close and very tight, and we spend a lot of our time together. And, uh, and uh, you know, and then like a whole bunch of other musician types as well. Like, I don't think you would have heard of. 
Okay. Not a whole lot of famous friends. <laughs> Other than Slash, you know. Right on. Okay. Now, as far as in, you mentioned comic books and everything, do you watch any of those comic book shows? Such as like on Netflix, do you watch any of those shows? Um, like, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, I watch uh, I watch all the Marvel Netflix uh, Netflix Marvel shows. I watch all the movies. I watch some of the PW shows. I watch uh, Arrow and uh, the Flash. Uh, a lot of my friends; those are filmed in Vancouver, so a lot of my friends are involved in those TV shows. So they're partly out of like my own interest in, in the subject matter plus it's also uh, um, you know it's always fun to check in on what your friends are making and what your friends are doing and, uh, and I do like kind of watching that show for um, seeing all the old sites in Vancouver and being able to point out oh that's that and this is that you know that kind of thing so yeah I am kind of a uh, I mean, there's good and bad of all that kind of stuff. You know, I really, like anybody else, it's sort of just things that I really love, and there's things that I just don't, that just don't grab me. But uh, I dig all the Netflix ones, and I dig um, some of the TV shows. Gotham's great. It's quite a few good ones, actually. It's been a really crazy time as far as being a comic book. Growing up a comic book kid, to watch it suddenly become so mainstream has been very interesting. Right. All right. Uh, do you have a favorite? Um, as far as TV shows go, I'm not sure, actually. I, I, I don't think that there's necessarily a favorite of those. Um, the films, I think Marvel has been doing amazing work. I think Christopher Nolan was doing the best Batman stuff. So now we're waiting for that to kind of find its legs. <laughs> right. Uh, um, but, uh, you know, the, uh, the Marvel stuff in the film form has been, I think, has been exemplary as far as I think the quality level has been really strong. Uh, um, but, yeah, no, I, I, I'm such a fan of all that kind of stuff. I really, I think, plus taking into account that we live in a day and age where there seems to be a television renaissance with everything from The Walking Dead and Game of Thrones and then all the other kind of shows that are on on uh, you know extended cable and, and HBO and Showtime and whatnot, it just seems to be never ending. As far as just finding great things to watch, to the point that it makes one very unproductive if he spends too much time on his you know laptop or computer or television watching all these damn shows. Right, I binge watched like I just finished watching Black Lightning. That was I've been actually kind of I started that one and then got wrapped up in something else, but I thought it was pretty cool. When yeah, I, saw it. I was like, all right, because I finished Arrow, I finished watching Daredevil. I loved uh, The Punisher. Punisher's great. Yes, they did a really good job with that. Uh, I watched, um, I am now just starting the second season of Iron Fist. Uh, I'm watching the second season. Yeah, I'm on the last episode of that, yeah. I quite like it, actually. It's funny, because that was my least favorite of the the Netflix Marvels was the Iron Fist, but the second season, I think, is really strong. It's gotten better? That's good to know. I think so, yeah. I think yeah, I was going to say. Luke Cage is fantastic. Yeah, I was going to say. definitely cool. Yeah, my girlfriend went to college with Luke Cage. So, and. Yeah. And we, we used to live in Harlem. So, I was just like, oh, oh yeah. and, and it's funny, like you mentioned Vancouver, how they film a lot of segments of a lot of the shows. And then we're watching, and she doesn't watch it. She's like, how old are you? <laughs> like, so. <laughs> And he's like, really? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, there's shows that we watch together, and then there's shows you watch that I don't watch, and then there's shows that exactly. I watch that you don't watch. And But she's like, hey, wait a minute. That's our old neighborhood, because we lived in Harlem for a while. Right. So it was like, oh, wow, cool. I'll check that out. 
it's, uh, it's pretty cool that it's the coolest thing about that is it's when they say they're building a health kitchen or they're or the story set in a health kitchen or Harlem or wherever they're actually there, right. which I think is kind of rare on, on on movies and TV these days. It's usually like building on a set somewhere or in Georgia or in Vancouver. <laughs> exactly. So actually, was actually shot in those areas is really cool. Absolutely. So, are you a coffee guy or a tea guy? Um, coffee. Although, strangely enough, this year I kind of got off caffeine. Really? <laughs> it seems weird for me to say I, to say I'm a coffee guy, but I uh, I just uh, went through a phase of like you know um, uh, just you know making big changes as far as uh, you know I'm gonna do this but I'm gonna do that but what about taking caffeine out of the uh, equation and I thought I'm always really interested in trying to challenge myself on things like that okay. and uh, so now I find myself drinking decaf I think it's all sort of which seems kind of pointless for the reason that we drink coffee other than the fact that I love to take some coffee right. but I was one of those people that was drinking coffee till 11pm you know like why the hell am I still drinking coffee and having terrible sleep and all that kind of stuff so I, I found that I tried to uh, incorporate the idea of you know still enjoying coffee just trying to like take the edge off of the uh, jittery uh, caffeine down mess that I was becoming so uh, but I still love coffee and I still like try to seek out nice places that uh, that can do a, a, a really nice, you know, latte or something like that on, on days off. Nice. Okay. Uh, do you have any... I love a cup of tea as well, oddly enough, because I grew up, you know, with, uh, you know, my grandparents were uh, from England and stuff like that, so we had a lot of, uh, you know, proper tea around as well. Right on. So do you have any rituals before you go on stage? music for so long and for you know, I mean, when I say so long I mean literally being on stage since I was 14, 15 years old in a really regular way too like I was sort of like back then I was every weekend we were playing the high school dances and and then eventually I turned into clubs and then you know sort of always so it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like I'm really ever not in a in a mode of playing that it's become so normal for me that I really don't have a whole lot of uh, you know, I try to do a little bit of uh, warming myself up a bit physically and whatnot just to kind of um, you know because it can be a little bit physical out there as far as the energy level right and uh, going out there going out there all cold can uh, you know I, I don't, don't want to pull anything or anything like that try and you know warm up the voice a little bit do a little screaming and shouting and then I kind of go out and play I don't really have a whole lot of rituals to it you know I have a lot of I know friends who are like I have to do this for half an hour before the show or this you know I'm kind of like oh okay you know everybody has rituals it's the same with sports or anything else right. and um, uh, but for me I, I kind of used to be up until a while ago I used to just roll off the couch and roll onto the stage and play you know it was sort of like it was just very normal for me now I sort of like am only more careful physically as far as like making sure I'm not going to go out there and you know oh, my knees sore or something like that but that's mostly because I'm an adult now and have to be, take care of myself <laughs> Right. Right. Uh, do you sing in the shower? I think everybody sings in the shower. I do. I sing loudly in the shower. 
All right. So as far as in new bands, is there any new bands that you're like, wow, you got to take a listen to? Um, you know, I always try to pay attention to that kind of stuff. The struts are great. Green Event Fleet is really interesting. Right. Uh, very Zeppelin-y, but very interesting. Um, Royal Blood from England. I like those guys a lot. I'm kind of losing track of who else I should be talking about. But there is quite a few bands that I'm really, uh, you know, I, it's, it's, I'm always surprised because there's a lot of rock is dead talk. And I'm always kind of laughing. I go, okay, well, there sure seems to be a lot of rock bands around. Right. A lot of rock bands coming out that, uh, you know, seem to be doing just fine. Um, it's funny. I, I just, you know, I kind of, I, I don't really like not like anything. It seems like a very passive aggressive thing to say, but, I, but it's kind of true. I, I really just don't like, if something doesn't grab me, I just don't listen to it. Like I just kind of go, oh, okay, you know, I just kind of move on. And it, it's not like I, I purposely am like I'm, I'm ignoring it. It just sort of like it didn't grab me, so I just move on to something else. Um, but then, you know, then things grab you and you go, this is great. What is this? And you just kind of can't put it down. Right. And, um, I, I will be honest, I, I think it's very rare these days that I find something so, you know, that I just grab me and, and I just have to have, have to hear it. Um, but there is, um, you know, there's a lot of music coming at you all the time and it's, it's, you kind of have to really open your ears and open your eyes to be, uh, you know, to, to be open enough to catch it all. Because a lot of it just goes by so fast that, you know, you you'll miss it and unfortunately the careers of a lot of new artists are so, so brief that you know they um, because there's such a such a market out there that um, things get kind of lost right but um, but that said I think you know there's a, there's a lot of great stuff out there and uh, I'm always looking for someone to tell me hey you should check this out or you should check that out and I always try to I always try to a lot of the, a lot of the newer bands that I end up listening to are things that aren't really on the mainstream at all we had a band for us uh, open for us in the beginning of this tour called Dirty Honey from LA that are really great right um, but they don't even have a record out like not even an independent record they have they're just going to make a record now and it's uh, very exciting oh cool I was just about to ask yeah. that was my next question who's doing direct support for you guys it's kind of been a little bit of um, we haven't had actual uh, touring support with us at this point. Right. Uh, it's sort of being a preliminary sort of warm-up tour for us. We just sort of have uh, had um, just basically different openers almost uh, a few shows. It's Dirty Honey off for a stretch of shows, and then I think it's just been kind of like local openers here and there as we go along. Gotcha. Now, who makes the decision? Is that a band decision, manager decision, or the club decision?
ears come out to kind of like listen to it. Plus, it's always kind of a thrill to hear like, you know, oh, cool, this is on the radio. That's awesome. I'm fortunate enough to be able to, you know, to, to, to be able to do that for a long time as well in Canada and whatnot. So um, it's very cool. It's very cool to, uh, you know, to be able to hear your music in, in that in that way. Um, I can't imagine what, you know, it must, must be really interesting to be, you know, at a point in your life where you're just, you just turn it off. <laughs> right. Very strange. Like, like, nah, I don't want to hear this. <laughs> Unless you have some sort of bad vibe with the band that you were in or something that, you know, um, I just like, uh, I think it's, you know, it doesn't happen every day or like it doesn't happen like, uh, I always try to think, uh, there's been a couple of days where I'm 65 years old or 70 years old not doing this anymore and think back on like how cool that all was, you know. So I try to take it as many of experiences as I can. Nice. Any advice for any future musicians? Um, I think it's, you know, it's, it's mostly about just, you know, uh, have fun, you know, really try and, really try and challenge yourself as best you can to, you know, um, keep growing as a musician and keep, keep, uh, pushing yourself to, to find new, uh, um, new things to learn. I think it's important to, uh, like I say, important to, to make sure you're having fun. I think there's a funny thing that happens where you're, you're sometimes so wrapped up in the game of, of making music or the music business um, that you kind of forget that playing music is a, is a pleasure and playing music is, is, is a dream for a lot of people. So um, being able to do it and being able to kind of have a, a, any semblance of a career at it is, is a complete blessing. So really try and enjoy yourself and have a good time. I think it's, you know, it's important to also be, I will say that a lot of the time the musician that gets the gig is not necessarily the, the most um, accomplished or talented musician. Sometimes it's the musician who is who is a pleasure to be around, you know, and who's not a pain in the ass, who's not a drug addict, or doesn't carry any extra baggage with him that uh, makes him a diva nightmare. <laughs> you know, so sometimes, sometimes just being like a, you know, a more than competent musician who is a good hang will take you a long way. Gotcha. All right. A couple more questions. Do you have any crazy requests on the rider? We really don't, actually. Ours is, I mean, a lot of the time I, I'll play gigs when I do my own gigs, and it's just like, just give me water. I, like, I, I don't drink anymore, and I'm totally boring. I mean, feed me. That'd be nice, too, to get fed. Right. Um, but there's really nothing crazy on our rider at all. In fact, lately I've been kind of like, why is there so much chocolate in our rider? <laughs> <laughs> But you guys trying to stay like you know rock and roll thin, and I'm like sitting here eating candy bars. Like this is not a good idea. Right. Um, so it's, it's largely just fairly normal things on there. A lot of it's just uh, you know fruit tray, vegetable tray, uh, you know a ton of water, and, and you know it's relatively healthy these days. It's funny that when you're like grown ass man, it stops being like you know it's it's a sober tour. You know the guys in the band are all pretty sober and. Um, which is not really about the old days when it used to be like make sure we have you know you know 80 cases of beer and you know and, yeah. and some bottles of Jack Daniels or whatever it's like those days are those days are long behind us awesome these days it's mostly about just taking care of each other right on alright uh, so what is next for Todd Kearns and we have a side project but I have a side project that's all uh, Canadian cover songs that we record um, 
from the guitar players from Shania Twain, but he's also Canadian living in the States. Churko? So we do a lot of shows. Corey Churko, yeah. Oh, okay. Corey? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. He's uh, you know, we up together. He's like, you know, back in the day in Canada as well. So we do like a, b- a bunch of recordings of Canadian music that we love, and we go up and we do like a whole bunch of. We're doing a run of shows in November, and then uh, then uh, the Flash Tour starts up again in January, and that takes us all the way till the fall, I guess. Cool. And I'm not sure. I'm not sure where. You know, it's about a year from now, so I, I got some time to really consider what I'm going to do with myself once this all wraps up. So with the Turkish Brent and yourself it's a three piece band so can we expect some tragically hip or some rush yeah, yeah. or All some that stuff yeah it's like it's actually a four piece technically our drummer is named Shane Dallas he plays in a he's a Canadian guy as well but he plays in a Japanese group he's always in Tokyo but he lives in LA so we we ended up just the four of us getting together and recording these songs uh, it's called Tuke and it's on iTunes or Spotify, whatever you want, you can find it on there. Cool. And it's pretty fun. The first album has like uh, Lucky for Wine and Loverboy and Honey and Sweet and Saka and a bunch of other like much deeper cuts that we added in there that we grew up on. And uh, I think, and, you know, I think it's, it's a lot of fun and we have a lot of uh, a lot of American friends who aren't necessarily uh, invested in it as far as like the history of the music, but they love it because, you know, it just it, it turned out so great. And then, you know, not to mention like South America or Australia or wherever, like there's people who hear the music and they never would have heard those songs in any other fashion had they not been recorded by us. Right. So we have a lot of fun. Nice. So do you think there possibly be a reunion reunion? A union reunion? Yeah. Well, we actually, you know, it's funny that they often, they often talk about that. It's actually, you never know. I mean, those guys are all really busy. I mean, 10 days work all the time. Right. And uh, we're busy all the time. Bruce is busy all the time. So who knows? I, I, I'd love to see it. That'd be great. Yeah. Absolutely. So you're Central Canadian, um, and I guess you're an Oilers fan for um, hockey? Actually, I'm a, yeah, I grew up an Oilers fan, uh, but, you know, having lived away for so long, and now that the Vegas has its own hockey team, we find ourselves all very um, supportive of the Vegas Knights. Okay. Um, it's just sort of, you know... All my friends in Vegas, we all love the Vegas Golden Knights. They, they're a hell of a team, and they've been really good for me. Awesome. Okay, I'm a Devils fan. Yeah. Hold, hold, it, hold it against me, because I'm from Jersey. That's why I'm a Devils fan. So. Hey, I love the Devils, man. That's the funny thing about the game of hockey to me is such a... I love the game, so I'm never really too... I don't really get caught up in the whole game of, you know, these people suck, and mm-hmm. this sucks, and you know, I'm kind of right. like... Like uh, whatever, I, I I was kind of because it was such a it's such a thing in Canada. I always I'm always fascinated in places like Boston or Jersey or even New York. You know, like to see Detroit, to see uh, you know that there are towns in the United States that are very very much hockey towns. Right, it's really cool. Awesome. All right, so now it's your time to plug your website, social media, all you got. So. Absolutely. Um, well, I, I mean, you can find me at Todd Dannett Kearns on uh, Twitter. ToddKearns.com is the website. Todd Kearns on Instagram. I'm not sure what other mediums there are. Todd Kearns on Facebook, I guess. Um, yeah, you can always find me. The website's, uh, um, you know, that's where all the merch and all the stuff is. I, I write blogs. I haven't really gotten into blogging yet on this tour, but that's coming soon. So it's always good to keep in touch. And uh, I like uh, 
Awesome. Well, on behalf of myself and the many fans I have on my show and fans of you, I thank you very much for taking the time to do this. Uh, it's been my pleasure. A, a really fun. All right. Well, thank you very much. I very much appreciate it. You got it. Take care. You too. Have a good night. Psycho Steve presents. You can hear more from Psycho Steve on Hair Today on Tomorrow every Wednesday on iTunes and SoundCloud. The interview sessions are also on YouTube. Get your merch at Zazzle.com backslash Psycho Steve presents Hair Today Gone Tomorrow. Follow Psycho Steve on all social media platforms. Facebook at Psycho Steve Rocks. Instagram at the underscore real underscore psycho underscore Steve. Twitter at Real Psycho Steve. For requests or dedications or if you're in a band and want us to play your music or be interviewed or for advertising inquiries, email us at Psycho Steve presents at gmail.com. Psycho Steve presents Hair Today Gone Tomorrow is brought to you by Pearlswag Enterprises LLC. Please join Psycho Steve every Wednesday and Friday here on.